0: Here we are in the book of John, chapter 14. Before we get going on this, I want to speak briefly on the subject of today of settled, settled, settled. I've been doing a lot of research on Christianity in general in the United States of America. And we live in interesting days when it comes to just general biblical knowledge, biblical knowledge. A lot of people today are very ignorant of the Bible the word ignorant isn't always necessarily a negative word. It just means not knowing. For example, I'm ignorant of car mechanics. If you have an engine problem, you do not want to call your preacher to come fix it. I'm ignorant of that. Uh, but there's some things that's okay to be ignorant of, you know. I mean, it's okay. I can find somebody to fix my car for me. But, but I, I tell you, when we live in a society today that has now become very ignorant of the Bible, that sometimes when, it, when it, in, in such high majority, and then you have so much access today to people who think they are experts in the Bible, it can become dangerous. We need to, we need to get back to just believing the Bible. Believing the Bible. And Christians today now more than ever should be settled on what they believe. Settled. Do you realize, here's a great question. Do you know why people are always nervous? Because they're not 100% sure they are Right. They don't have the confidence. In let, me, let me prove that to you. Let, let, me, let me show you the wisdom of Jesus just by way of introduction. Go to Luke chapter 20 with me real quickly. This is a little bit, just a little bit of a teaching part, and then I'll give you just three quick statements and we'll be done. But look at Luke chapter 20, verse 1. I've always loved this passage. I've loved this story. Of course, Jesus was the master at being able to deal with any question that was thrown his way. There was no curveball. There was no uh, knuckleball, anything that Jesus was going to catch him off guard. His wisdom and his wit, even to answer and handle things, especially when he's being tested, put on the spot, he always passed, always passed with flying colors. but well, we can learn a lot from the wisdom of Jesus Christ. If we would address life and questions and answers of life the way Jesus did, it'd be a lot better place today. Look with me in verse number 1 of Luke chapter 20. It came to pass that on, the, that on one of these days, as he taught the people in the temple, here's what the Bible says, and preached the gospel, the chief priests and scribes came upon him with the elders. Well, this is a big group right here you got the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders. And spake unto him, saying, Tell us, you, Jesus, you tell us, by what authority dost thou teach these things? Dost thou doest these these things? Or who is he that gave thee this authority? Jesus knows this is a trap. He knows that they're trying to stump him. And we all know, based on our biblical knowledge of the Gospels, that he is teaching and preaching on the authority of the same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that these people worship. And believe in right, so Jesus says in verse 3, and he answered and said unto them, I will also ask you one thing and answer me. The baptism of John. I love this. Was it from heaven or of men? And they reasoned with themselves. Hold, hold on a second. Why are they reasoning with themselves? Why are they nervous right now? Why are they all of a sudden, how are we going to answer this question? By the way, Jesus had no problem answering the original question. But he turns a table on them because the reason why they're not able to answer this question is because, watch this now, they're not 100% sure they are right. So the Bible goes on and says this. And by the way, can I teach you though, something as a Christian? When you do know what's right and you do know the Bible and you're a student of the Bible, a spirit of humility goes a long way. We shouldn't have an I-told-you-so attitude. We shouldn't be in people's faces about it. We shouldn't say, boy, the advantage that I know some things that my kids don't know Yet I get to teach them about life. I'm a, I'm a few years older than my children and I'm continually trying to teach them things from my 24 year old to my 15 year old. And even as a pastor at 48 years old, I was around several older men of God this past weekend and they taught me some things. I want to always be learning and, and, and teachable and moldable and the spirit of arrogance based on what I, my knowledge, I'd rather focus on what I don't know and still need to learn. I know a lot of things about the Bible. I've studied the Bible now for almost 30 years. It's an amazing book. But I liken it to snorkeling, man. The more I snorkel, the deeper I go. The more I snorkel, the more daring I get. The more I snorkel, the more I learn about the sea. And yet, however, when I snorkel just one mile offshore, I'm not even scratching the surface at what's out there in the depths of that sea. I think we'll get to heaven someday and still be blown away by how little Bible we all knew. And so they asked them this. They say the baptism of John wasn't from heaven or of men, And they reasoned with themselves, saying, If we shall say from heaven, he, Jesus, will say... Why then believe ye him not? But, and if we say of men, all the people will stone us, for they be persuaded that John was a prophet. So they were afraid of Jesus' response, and they were afraid of the people's response. In other words, they were not 100% sure they were right. And they answered that they could not tell whence it was. And so Jesus, in his wisdom, says, and Jesus said to them, Neither tell I you by what authority I do these things. Next question. Next question. Anybody got another question? Come on. That's the wisdom of Jesus Christ. And Jesus' goal while on earth, while, while traveling to that appointment with the Calvary and the cross, was to teach truth, the transitional truth that was going to change the world and change eternity. He was dealing with Old Testament Jews who had to embrace this, this mercy and grace marriage, this grace and truth marriage, this balance of the condemnation of sin... And yet the congratulating of the salvation of a sinner, amen. He he was beautiful in that. He taught it so masterfully. And as you study the Gospels, you just get blown away all the time by how Jesus handled his words and by what he said. And so now you fast forward to John chapter 14. And now he has taught... He has taught these disciples many things. They have learned. They have been students of his now for some time. John 14 is actually closer to the crucifixion. They spent some time with him. And Jesus is now encouraging them. They're starting to see the pressure. The the persecution is getting real. And the Bible says here in John chapter 14, he says, let not your heart be troubled. Do you believe in God? Do you believe in God? Your heart has the potential to be troubled today. But do you believe in God? That's the question. It's very simple. I'm making an assumptive statement, Jesus says here. You believe in God? Yes, of course you believe in God. Then believe in me also. Because what I'm about to tell you, you can take to the bank. In other words, don't miss this now, Luke 20, they want to know by what authority he's speaking these things. John 14, he's speaking by the authority of God his Father. And he speaks these words fluently, clearly, and 2,000 years later, our spirit and our soul is still refreshed by the teaching of John chapter 14. If you are discouraged today, read John chapter 14. If you feel defeated today, read John chapter 14. If you feel like you've been distracted, read John chapter 14, because in John chapter 14, the wisdom of Jesus then says, not only does he tell you in the present tense to not be troubled, he says there's some exciting things coming. He says there's a mansion. He talks about preparing a place, and there's a twofold teaching of that. He is preparing a place in heaven for us, but he prepared that place also by going to the cross and coming out of the tomb for us too. Thank the Lord for that. And he says, whither I go, you know, in the way, you know. But then still Thomas, who's still doubting, like I do sometimes. Thomas, who still asks questions, like I still do sometimes. Thomas, who's still not totally clear on what Jesus says, some, still sometimes I feel that same way. He says, hey Lord, we know not whither thou goes and how can we know the way? And then Jesus answers him again with that same authority. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father, but by me. I am the way, the truth, the life. The way, the truth, the life. Today I want to challenge you, number one, to believe like you've never believed before. Believing will help you get settled. We need something to believe in that will make a difference in our Christian walk. I want to ask you today, how much do you believe in that Bible you hold in your lap? Do you believe it to be the true, genuine words of, a God, of the God of this universe? Do you believe every part of this book? This past Friday night, I got to meet... Brother Jeremy, who played for the Oakland Raiders uh, way back, they were in Oakland at the time, and he played for the Super Bowl against the, uh, 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 let's see, the Buccaneers and lost to them, and um, he, uh, he and I were chatting, and he, he just came to the start of coming to this particular Baptist church, and he loves it, he says, man, the doctrine's strong here, and the passion's great here, but he's been doing some study through some theological seminaries, and so I love this story I'm about to tell you. This former NFL football player traveled to Houston, Texas to meet with this big theological seminary. And as they were sitting in the room discussing, one of the questions that was brought up was the question of whether or not God really parted the Red Sea in the book of Exodus. By the way, there's a lot of people out there, a lot of Christians out there that don't believe that. I'll get back to that story. There's a famous story, too, of a little boy one time who's sitting on a park bench, and he was reading his Bible, and he jumped off the bench with excitement, and he began to cheer and say, yes, yes, yes. And a university professor walking by said, what are you cheering about, young man? He said, he said, my God, part of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel got through safely. And the professor corrected him and said, don't you realize, young man, that the Red Sea was only four feet deep at that time? That's a mythical story. Why would you believe such foolishness? The young boy sat down, dejected, looked at his Bible, and the professor began to walk away. And he began to jump up again and go, yes, yes, yay, yay. And the professor turned around and said, now what are you excited about? He said, my God drowned the whole Egyptian army in four feet of water. But Brother Jeremy, who's a new Christian, former NFL player, who's a new Christian, was sitting in this room with all these theologians, with all of these intelligent Bible scholars, who all these people that are supposed to know the book and the Bible. But don't, by the way, don't don't miss this now. Never lose your childlike faith. Don't get so smart that you're going to start correcting God on his theology. Right? That's a dangerous place to start walking. And he was listening to them. And I love this story because he's a new Christian. He's a jock. He talks like a jock. He looks like a jock. I mean, we, we got along great. <coughs> he says, he, said they, he, he heard him going back and forth about it. He finally stood up and said, hey, can I ask all of you in this room a question? And they said, sure. He said, do you believe Jesus walked on water? And they said, well, of course we believe that. He goes, well, the same Bible says God parted the Red Sea. So, if it's good enough in the gospel, in the New Testament, it's good enough in the Old Testament. I believe, and he sat down. It's amazing how we like to cherry pick what we want, like the Pharisees and scribes and the elders did. People a lot of times will cherry pick, but can I tell you something today? If God says it, let's get back to believing it again. I still believe God when He speaks. I still believe the words of this book. I don't care what society says. I don't care what the critics say. I don't care what Hollywood says. I don't even care what our government says. This book is a non-threatening book. It's a book that can bring hope and peace and love. This book can give you a, a confidence and, and, and an excitement to anticipate great things to come, but you got to believe it in it again. I said, you got to believe it in it again. Get settled. Get settled in your believing of God's word. Believe it. Believe it. By what authority? Oh, Jesus, we know what authority. And by the way, he consistently, before the cross, spoke on the authority of his father. But after the crucifixion, after the resurrection, all power was given unto him. Now he speaks on his own authority. And because of that authority, he is now our mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Number one, believing. Keep believing. Make it settled. Boy, there's some crazy stories in the Bible. (laughs) The world believes crazy stuff out there. I mean, I'm amazed sometimes at what people believe they got to do to get to heaven someday. I'm amazed at what people believe in in society. In fact, it just seems like people will embrace and believe the lie more nowadays than they believe the truth. It's been said a lie will get halfway around the world before the truth even puts its pants on. There's a lot of truth to that statement. And we live in that day now, so believe his word. Be believing. Number two, continue to to be receiving. Receiving His Word. Now see, there's a lot of people that will believe it, but they will be critical in the area of receiving it. Listen, if you believe the Bible, you might as well receive it. Uh, The Kansas City Chiefs have a big game today. A lot of people, the fan base, believes in that team. But you know what their problem has been all year? They have talented athletes, but they've not been receiving very well. Amen, Brother Bill? They've not been receiving the balls thrown to them very well, which has been the big, one of the big struggles they've had this season. I still follow uh, that, that the NFL and so on, and, and I, college football is still my favorite. But anyway, you know, I still follow that. But they have, they have a difficult time receiving. Listen to me. <laughs> from this pulpit sometimes in your Sunday school class, we're trying to throw you some passes. We're trying to throw you some things to believe. Make sure you're receiving it, man. I'm chucking it out there. I'm shooting it out there. I'm pitching it out there. Make sure we are receiving. You like that baseball reference, Health and Hanson there? I gave a baseball shout out there. I mean, hey, make sure you're still receiving, receiving what God has given to you. Now watch this. The principle of reception, the principle of receiving is taught in this passage here. Watch what the Bible says in verse number two. In my Father's house were many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. and if I go did he go help me church did he go did he go so if Jesus gives you an if then statement you can take that to the bank if Jesus says if I do and then he does it guess what whatever the if is it's going to be followed by truth that you can verify and trust in and if I go and prepare a place for you I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also I heard a preacher say one time that when you get saved, you receive Christ. When the rapture happens, Christ gets to receive us. But the fact of the matter is the principle of receiving is taught all through the Bible. As Jesus was ministering and teaching, as he was, whether he was teaching in the temple or teaching his disciples or feeding the multitudes, when he's teaching that big crowd, even when he stood before Herod and Pilate, he was still teaching. He was always teaching and preaching and preaching and teaching and teaching and preaching and preaching and teaching, trying to get people to receive that which they should believe, and that makes a difference in everything you do in a Christian life today. Receive it. Receive it. And it continues to keep you settled. Listen, church, we live in interesting days. I said it a few weeks ago that, that the, the, the pastors and preachers and teachers, genuine Bible preachers and teachers today, have more competition than they've ever had before. There's podcasts and there's, 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 there's uh, videos and YouTube videos, and I'm not against a lot of that stuff. Don't misunderstand me. But There's a lot of people out there teaching on the Bible that probably shouldn't be teaching on the Bible, right? It is a fearful thing to mishandle the Word of God. It is a dreadful thing to misteach the Word of God. May God help me as a preacher and a teacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ to consistently tell the truth of it and present it as such. I don't want to worry like those scribes and Pharisees and elders and be doubtful and not be 100% sure that I'm right because I know this. I'm not always 100% sure I'm right, but I know he is. He's 100% right all 100% of the time. I can trust in a God who's all the time right, all the time right, all the time holy, all the time good, all the time righteous, He is all the time, everything he says he would be, every single second of all the time. What a blessing, what a truth. So as you are believing, continue to be receiving. Now here's where you separate the men from the boys. Stay cleaving. Stay cleaving today. The word cleave today has has a lot of new modern definitions, but the old English word cleave means to, to hang onto something and literally say, I'm never going to let go. The Bible talks about one of David's mighty men in the Old Testament having cleaved to his sword so much that he literally, they literally had to pry his fingers off. He couldn't, he would not let go of that sword. Nothing could get that sword out of his hand as he was fighting to defend the the, the, the land of Israel. What are you saying today, preacher? I'm saying we have Christians today that flirt with believing and they kind of talk about receiving, but boy, where's the generation that'll cleave to the Word of God again? I mean, hang on to it as if it's the last thread. Listen to me. I believe Christians should be engaged politically. We got a big election year coming up this year. Uh, right now in Missouri, pray for our Missouri House and Senate. It's a house divided. There's a lot of division in there. There's a lot of battles. I've received several phone calls in this last week. In our own state, there's a lot of chaos. But can I tell you something? I'm not cleaving to the senators. I'm not cleaving to the representatives. I'm not cleaving to the next president. I'm not cleaving to the politics. I'm cleaving to God's word and the God of his word. Cleave to that. And that's why Jesus says, listen to me, what I've said to you, what I've taught to you, Thomas, that is an interesting statement you make. That is a great question you bring up. You said, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. And how can we know the way? How can we know it? How can we know it? Well, Thomas, (coughs) here it is. Believe, receive, and then once you believe and receive, cleave to it. Cleave to it. As a receiver catches a pass, once he catches a pass, his job's just beginning. He's got to cleave to that football. and He's got to hang on to that football. As 220 pounders and sometimes 300 pounders and sometimes 350 pounders are trying to come and hit him hard enough to knock that ball loose. And I'm telling you, Satan today is coming at the church hardcore. He's trying to hit us hard enough that we're going to not cleave like we used to. We're not going to believe like we used to. We're not going to receive like we used to. If God said it, then believe it. If God said it, then receive it. If God said it, then cleave to it. Jesus is The way. The way. The way. The way of Jesus Christ is the, not a way. It's not the best way. It's not not one of the ways. It is the way. He is the way. Oh, wait, he's not done. He is the truth. Not the best truth. Not one of the truths. Not a truth, but the truth. Oh, and, and by the way, he is the life. I love that verse Jesus Christ he says I am the way the truth and the life the life that we get from Jesus Christ is a life that's so eternal it's actually going to cleave to us for all eternity we need a generation of Christians in 2024 that no matter what they read or hear from all the loud mouths and sources out there from all the wise people on social media from all the Facebook posts and battles We need some wise Christians today that'll say, you know what? I'm going to believe and receive. And to quote a man several years ago who said, you can take this gun out of my cold, dead hands. Was that Charlton Heston? It's a famous quote people like to say. Listen to me. Till the day I die, till the rapture happens, I want to cleave to this book. I want to cleave to his word. I ain't got nothing worth you listening to. I ain't got nothing worth saying today. I can't impress you with my wisdom and my intellect. The Bible says God's foolishness is still better than the wisdom of the wisest man. So today, church, get settled. That's why I love this idea Mrs. Hansen brought to us about the Bible reading chart. Making sure you stay close to that Bible. When you have questions, ask, learn. I'm still asking questions. My wife asked a question in a Wednesday night service two weeks ago. I didn't know the answer to, and we found out what the answer was, and it actually shocked all of us. You know, you wins in that crowd that was here, you know what we're talking about. Ask, learn, get hungry, get thirsty, don't let go, don't give up, don't get discouraged. Believing in him is worth it. Receiving what he says is worth it. And cleave and cleave and cleave and cleave and cleave and cleave and and never let go and never let go and don't give up. If God says it, I'm gonna fall down, I'm gonna stumble, but I'm gonna get back up. I might get knocked down, but I'm still gonna be cleaving. I might get kicked around, but I'm still gonna be cleaving. I might be discouraged one day, but I'm still gonna be cleaving. I might get kicked around, but I'm still gonna be cleaving. I'm gonna cleave, 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 cleave. I'm gonna cleave to that which I believe. I'm gonna cleave to that which I've received, cleave. Clean, clean, and stay settled until Jesus comes. Come settled. Head your about Isaac closed. Thank you for listening so much.
1: Here am I, Lord, send me. I will serve you faithfully. Here am I, Lord, send me. Lord, I want your perfect will. Be my faithful I will never be afraid, you are close beside, here am I Lord, send me, here am I Lord, send me, I will serve you faithfully, here am I Lord, send me. heart with jesus love use me lord i pray here am i lord send me here am i lord send me i will serve you faithfully here am i lord